What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it should be Wednesday the 17th, but it's actually Thursday the 18th, 2015. You guys listening to episode 213. I hope everybody had a good week in between shows. Uh, I was going to get this podcast out late last night, but I was actually shooting something, uh, shooting something for AOL. And um, and then we got tickets to great tickets to the Yankee game. Me and Giannis Papas did. And uh, by the time I got home and would would have everything together, it would have been late anyway. And you guys probably wouldn't get it till around this time, anyways, um, unless you listen to it really early in the morning. But don't worry, it'll be up this afternoon. And I have a great show for you guys. Um, as always, a lot of stuff to talk about. NBA finals are over. Um, you know, all these people are running for, all these people are running for president, which is hilarious, and, um, you know, obviously the unacceptables, and just some funny stuff going on, so let's get right into it, uh, but first, before I get into the show, gotta shout out the podcast, Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by, as always, gonzofame.com, go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today, run by funny comedian Dave Gavry in Chicago, who I just found out did 72 mics, now for you people that don't understand, that means in a month, this guy ran around and he did 72, got on stage 72 times, Uh, I don't even know how, that's got to be some sort of Guinness Book record. Um, you know, or I don't know if, how many days he did it in, I don't know how the fuck he's doing it, but he runs an amazing site, there's amazing comedians on there, um, you know, and you could listen to their journeys, uh, where they're at, where they're going, how they got started, really, really good, um, good stuff, comedians like Doug Stanhope's on there, um, he did an interview with myself, my friend Joe Matarese, he's got, uh, Hannibal Burris, um, just, I mean, he, it just keeps going on and on. So uh, Tommy Davidson, and he keeps adding to it all the time, and it's a great website. So go to gonzofame.com and check out uh, that great website. Uh, also, I want to shout out the um, new sponsor of Brookings Mediation. Brookings Mediation is also a sponsor of the Verzi Effect podcast. Brookings Mediation is a mediation company um, that uh, is uh, run by uh, John Burton. So shout out to John Burton, and what they do is... They basically um, negate going to court and dealing with lawyers for such things as um, debt settlement, bankruptcy, divorce. Uh, John Burton has been, you know, a mediator. He's been doing this for 27 years. He gives a free consultation wherever you are in the country. If you are going through a divorce, if you are going through um, a bankruptcy, debt settlement, anything that you think you may have to run right to a lawyer, call. John Burton and Brookings Mediation at uh, 877-415-7770. They sit down. It is a much cheaper, faster option where you don't have to deal with long, drawn-out court dates and and listening to what the judge says, and and then that's it. Um, So many people are saving a ton of money. If you call John over at Brookings Mediation and you say that you're calling on behalf of myself and the Verzi Effect Podcast, you will get a 30% discount, which is unheard of, guys. So anywhere you are in this country right now, and I'm really serious about this. I'm not just saying this because, you know, me and this company are working together. Um, there are people out there going through a lot of hard shit right now, bankruptcies, wherever you are. You could be in Arizona, you could be in fucking Florida, you could be in New York, wherever you are. 
Um, and if you're going through just a divorce and you just think, I just got to get over and get a lawyer, just call John first. You get a free consultation. It's always free to just talk to him the first time. Okay, it's a quicker, faster solution. He can settle debts. He doesn't represent anybody. He's not a lawyer. They don't give legal advice. They just settle this thing out of court, and it's much easier and faster. So once again, that's Brookings Mediation, brookingsmediation.com, and you can call the number 877-415-7770. Tell them Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect sent you, and you will get a nice, nice discount, and he will take care of you. So definitely take advantage of this. It's a very smart no-brainer. Uh, and the Verzi Effect podcast is on the best podcast network in the world, All Things Comedy. You can go to allthingscomedy.com, follow them uh, at allthingscomedy on Twitter. They are a great, great podcast network. They take care of the comedians better than anybody out there. They are all about the artist and the, you know, the artist first, which is very rare in this business. And um, you could get great podcasts on there. So just go and check that out. So many podcasts on there. Um, all right. A lot of stuff to talk about. I'm gonna, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to get right into the unacceptables today. Okay? A lot of people are reaching out to me. I got a bunch of unacceptables people want me to talk about. So I'm going to get into them. Um, not going to be that long. Not going to be that crazy. I'm just going to, you know, take some time with these. Give you mine. Then I'll read yours, and then we will talk about a bunch of things. Um, all right, so we'll get we'll get into it that way. By the way, I went to this thing. I just wanted to talk about this. I went to this thing. Excuse me while I drink my. Um, I guess my wife made some concoction where it's like lemonade and iced tea, but both aren't really sweet, so it's weird. But together, it tastes good. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I went to, um, I'm going to get right into the unacceptables after this, but I went to something called the Strawberry Festival. I went to a strawberry festival over the weekend. Um, I had not many shows uh, last weekend, and I had some free time. And what I'm doing is just because my last, you know, just because my last two months was so crazy, um, you know, April and May were like a blur, really, just so quick and, you know, doing so much traveling. So I decided... You know, that obviously I got to get on stage as much as I can in June, but since I'm local, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to just take some time and I'm doing really cool things that I don't normally get to do. And one of them was, uh, you know, I uh, went to the Strawberry Festival and I know what you're saying. What the fuck is a Strawberry Festival? I didn't know what a Strawberry Festival was either. You hear that? You're like, what is that? You know, I was like, do you just buy strawberries? What do you got? So anyway, you basically, there's a line. Their main thing is this strawberry shortcake. Now, there's a line far back, like a football field of people waiting to get this strawberry shortcake. And they have this fresh, you know, they have the fresh, like, shortbread, whatever, they had, the cake part they put on the bottom of this thing. Then they load it up with all these fresh strawberries. And you get your choice if you want butter and sugar added to the bread before they load it up with these strawberries and then, you know, some whipped cream or whatever. And um, the bread, like, gets soaked with all of this stuff. And I got to tell you, it was fucking delicious. Um, Worth the wait. And if it's even possible to say, like, a healthy version of strawberry shortcake. 
But then you could get like chocolate covered strawberries and they had stuff for the kids and they had live music, which I'm not going to lie, was not great. Um, and it was just a really cool thing, though, for the family. You just walk around. It was in Beacon, New York, up on the waterfront. So we drove a little bit up there and we went to the strawberry festival. And I got to tell you, it was really cool, man. They were selling food. They were selling, obviously, um, you know, they had different, like, tents where you could get different things. But it was uh, nice, and it was, like, around a playground so kids could play around. They had a jumpy castle. All the kids gave a fuck about was jumping in the jumpy castle. Like, they don't, you could be like, oh, my God, there's strawberries and this and that. And they just see little kids jumping up in this thing, catching air, and they're like, I got to go in there. Little kids are so funny. All they got to see is some sort of attraction that other kids are going, and they're like, I got to do that. That looks like the shit. I have to do that. So it it was it was a little hot, and um, there were definitely some. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not you know. Listen, it was not the Renaissance Fair. Okay, go back to my old podcasts and look look up what I talked about the Renaissance Fair because I butchered it for God knows how long. It was unbelievably awful. You know. And, um, you know, it was not that, but there's a lot of, you know, just people that shouldn't be online for the strawberry shortcake, just sweating, smoking, so psyched that they're about to get, <laughs> so psyched that they're about to get strawberry shortcake that they're smoking because they're nervous. This guy was pouring sweat. Well, the funny thing it was this guy, right? And he had a vaporizer smoking his nicotine out of the vaporizer, which a lot of people do. And... He's like easily 80 pounds overweight and he's pouring sweat. Like it looked like he literally looked like he just got done playing like a two hour full court basketball game where he never came out of the game. He was pouring sweat to where while he was talking, you just, you were like, dude, are you going to be all right? His forehead was just dripping and he's given like health advice because I was online with my stepfather to get this strawberry shortcake and the kids were waiting with my wife and, you know, my mother. And I'm sitting there and my stepfather looks and goes, hey, man, is that vaporizer thing? What's that really like? And I just opened up a can of worms because not only did the guy love his vaporizer, you could tell after my stepfather asked him a question, this guy fucking loved talking about it, loved talking about it. He goes, well, yeah, the thing is, you know, you get the flavors. And what this is here is, this is like a berry-infused oil. And and he just starts talking. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck did my stepfather ask this guy a question? You know, and then, uh, then my stepfather goes, yeah, he smokes cigars. And that's all this fat fuck needed to hear. And, uh, and I don't mean to call him a fat fuck, but I mean, that's kind of, when you see the way he was sweating, I, there's really no other way, you know, you can't say politely. You know, eh, this overweight guy, that's all this overweight guy needed to hear. If you saw the way he was sweating. And he's going, oh, you know how much nicotine is in a cigar? And this and that. And I want to be like, look, buddy. I appreciate your little... I appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate you talking to me about how bad cigars are. And maybe you're trying to, in some way, with your knowledge of the vaporizer, um, tell me that it's safer and better for me and more healthy. And I get it. And that's nice. But listen, I'm a big boy. I know that a vaporizer is better, okay, I understand that, I understand that smoking cigars isn't the most healthy thing for me, uh, I hear it from my wife, I hear it from friends, I'm trying to slow down and stop, but when it comes to health advice, you can't be sitting here, you know, obese, easily obese, 
sweating, okay, where it looks like you just came out of a swimming pool sweating while smoking a vaporizer, giving information about the vaporizer and try to give me health, okay, because I'm not, you know, I'm not in in Olympian shape, but I'm also not 80 pounds overweight, you know, I mean, I could probably lose 10, 12 pounds and, you know, but I can, you know, I run around like crazy and I'm definitely doing better than this guy is and he's just telling me and he just would not stop and then he loved his thing and then he bring pulls out another vapor oh this one's got the hot box on the bottom of it so it actually cooks it up and you could use this and, and this and that now i got this one and like this guy starts pulling out you know this guy starts pulling out all these vaporizers and we're online with them and finally i just had to turn around and just somebody else talked and asked him a question and then he went on his thing with them and we finally got up there and got the strawberry shortcake. And then we got the fuck out of there. Um, did not do the typical like festival thing where you eat fried dough and Zeppelis and all that all that shitty stuff. Didn't do it. I was actually really good. Got a lemonade, added water to the lemonade. Had strawberry shortcake but with fresh strawberries. Did not eat a, stra- a chocolate covered strawberry. Alright, I'm trying here people. I'm trying. I'll talk about the Yankee game I went to last night with Giannis because I was even trying there. But here's the point of the story. If you next year, they've been doing it for 40 years. If you're in the New York area, you want to go someplace, and they're not paying me, they're not giving me anything. They, you know, I didn't even have the greatest time. It was just nice and cool to walk around with the kids, go to the Strawberry Festival, they play some music, you eat some, you eat some food. And here's the thing: it's it's free except the Strawberry Shortcake. You got to get a ticket. It's like five dollars. So if you want the real good strawberry shit, it's it's you got to give a ticket, and the tickets are five dollars. So you end up spending whatever ten, fifteen, twenty, depending on how much you want to eat. Um, other than that, it's free. You can walk around with your kids and have a good time. But the point of the story is, don't be fat and sweating and give me advice on smoking something, and go get yourself some nice strawberry shortcake if you like strawberry shortcake. Okay, and parking could be a nightmare, so I guess get there early. Now. Let's get into some unacceptables. My unacceptable for the week is these people on Facebook, okay? Not now, now I'm getting pissed, okay? Because I got people on Facebook who are fucking putting their business ads on my page, all right? And it's not just sunglasses now. They've taken it to another, they've taken it to another level. Now it's like jerseys and hats and they're posting it on my fucking page, which I use to basically promote my shows or, you know, just personal stuff that I want out there that, you know, for friends, family, fans, and that's it. And I don't want this shit on there and the same people keep doing it and I want to fucking find these people. I want to fucking hire a team of people to find these fucking people and kill them or do something or threaten them or scare them. Okay, now another part of this unacceptable is these fucking whores, spam whores, saying, hey, I saw your page, I want your dick in my face, I I, I really am a big fan, and I've I've liked you for so much, and it was like, really a big fan, and that's your pitch? Hey, I'm really a big fan, I'd love your balls resting against my chin, I know you're married, but hey, you know you want your dick in my head, it's like, I can't, I, I, I can't keep going. It's like, stop it. First of all, it's probably not the real person. And how come Facebook hasn't figured something out like this? This is my unacceptable. All of the things Facebook has figured out. Facebook can let you have a conversation within a conversation now. Facebook will let you poke somebody and like this and do this and that. Facebook will give you all of these things, all of these options 
to send messages, to a, a direct message. Click on this person's thing. You could even, you know, forget where one of the messages are and start typing the person's name. And that comes up. Facebook, this guy, Zuckerberg, whatever the fuck his name is, and, and the people over at Facebook, they figured out everything that you could do. But here's what they didn't figure out. They didn't figure out how to stop. Okay, I don't need my wife. And my wife doesn't care. My wife knows it's spam. But I don't need my wife to just see a message pop up where some fucking Brazilian chick who I never met before in my life is going, hey, baby, love your profile picture, you know, want to have sex tonight, give me, and it's like, it's like, it's fucking ridiculous spam, you don't even know who it is, I don't want it on my thing, I don't give a shit about your company, I don't care about your, and I don't even like the fact that you can mass fucking invite people to shit, you know, I got to hear some fucking invite, I get some big invite to something in Seattle that I'm never going to go, like, can, can Facebook you know, modify these things. It's unacceptable, man. It really is. Hey, saw the bulge in your jeans and, and and need your dick. Anyway, great profile picture. Love the kids. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get off my page. Fucking animals. It's unacceptable. And then, and then you got to go to your page and like, you know, post something. Plus, you know, I'm in, I'm in a show, but I'm in entertainment. So, you know, there's clips up as comedians, there's clips up, there's things to promote. Hey, come to this show. You know, all comedians on Facebook are trying to grow. Anybody who's got a business on Facebook is trying to grow, you know, but with your shit, not like, Hey, get 15% off of these Oakley glasses or Hey, New Jersey's came in stock. Oh, here's a direct message. Yeah. Some skank from fucking, you know. Toronto is like, hey, are you coming to visit? I know you're married, but it'll just be sex. It's like, what the fuck? Stop it. It's unacceptable. It's not, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Somebody should fucking email. These people need to email Facebook and say, hey, why don't you do something where if this person is not connected, if there's not like a mutual, like if, if this person is not connected or somehow, some way, or when you go to their when you go to their profile picture they have two friends or one friend can you fix that shit i'm literally sitting there and somebody this chick just comes on my thing and she's just like talking all kinds of shit oh i got three holes you got two friends have a nice day like my profile it's like what kind of fucking friend pitch is that you would never do that in real life you never go up to somebody in real life and say that I've never one time, you know, gone up to somebody my whole life and, and pitched like that. Or nobody's ever come up to me outside a show and goes, oh my God, man, I really love that bit you just did about your wife, dude. I would love to blow you in the back and uh, sell you a jersey for 15% off. It's like, then don't do it on my fucking Facebook page. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable, man. And Facebook hasn't figured it out. However good the system is or whatever, they haven't figured it out. Because you get spam emails and you get spam fucking... And, and I tried to block these people. I tried to block them and for some reason they, 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 they still come. They're like spam terminators. They just fucking don't stop coming. Because I don't know what, what advantage they have in order to do this. We need The Verzi Effect needs to start something here. Everybody listening to this, everybody who's a fan, when you get spam email, we all need to either start threatening these people in a very scary, weird way. 
Just start saying something about where you know where they sleep. Just start freaking people out. I'm just going to start freaking people out. Be like, yeah, how's your sick uncle doing? I think I'm going to come visit him next week. You know, it's got to work on a couple of them. At least a couple of them probably have a sick uncle. And they're going to be like, holy shit. And that's going to stop it. Well, that's what I'm doing. You guys could do what you want. I think it's unacceptable how these people are just able to invade your direct message with some crazy, you know, bullshit thing. And it's somebody with no friends and Facebook somehow allows this to happen. I think it's ridiculous. And also the ads that you just don't care about. That's my unacceptable. Fucking bullshit. Because I don't want my wife seeing that shit. You don't want anybody that you love or care about seeing that. Because then it's like, oh, why is some chick from fucking, you know? Just stop it. All right, let's get into your guys' unacceptables. And uh, here's the first one. Ian Gallagher. Ian Gallagher, and I love the first word, and I even wanted to talk about this too. This is another thing. Um, he says, cyclists, or more specifically, bad cyclists. Uh, Got to tell you, Paul, these motherfuckers rub me the wrong way. I am with you 100%, brother. Not sure how <laughs> accommodating you are in the U.S. to cyclists, but in the U.K., we make lanes or build paths that run alongside the road for them to use. That's all well and good, but when these complete set of cunts decide to still use the road, even though they have paths specifically for them, it blows my fucking mind. These fuckers will... Uh, will quite happily ignore the fact that they were holding up traffic and not have to and not have the decency to move over on the path so people can get past. Dude, it is I'm, I'm going to go off on this in a second cuz you're 100% right. I can almost hear them say in a high-pitched nerdy voice. <laughs> I have just as much right to be on the road as you. You'll just have to be patient. Uh, I have to point out that it's usually what I'd call a pro cyclist who are the, yes, the respon- uh, responsible for this shit with their uh, skin tight leggings and various other pussy boy <laughs> paraphernalia. The average factory worker just in a high vis uh, and a pair of jeans always use the path. What the fuck, Paul? Bikes in a cage and crushed into a cube. Yes, dude. Uh, Ian, first of all, thank you for the submission. Thank you for listening from the UK. That's always awesome. Um, Yeah, I got to tell you, man. I live in an area, um, you know, in... uh, I live in an area in northern Westchester on the border of Connecticut. And I deal with this on a daily basis. And um, what you guys have is much better because where I live, there are no paths and there are no set roads. And these fucking people will be right there in front of you and you just have to go. And here's the worst part. There's a lot of hills and blind turns and, and, you know, all the, and these blind hills and blind turns, man, are scary because people are coming, you know, 50 miles an hour and you don't see them. And you just have to wait till you get some sort of, you know, visibility on the turn or the hill and then go around them hoping to God nobody comes, you know, screaming down the street in their car because they're in a rush and somebody gets killed. So it's it's ridiculous. I can't stand them. And you know what? The people who make the law are at fault just as much because they the law states that they are a car when they're out there. And it's fuck. It's horseshit. 
It's absolutely horseshit. I can't stand it. I think it's bullshit. And I agree with you. And and and, and they just have this arrogance, or like like they're in some club, like a like a bunch of bikers, and they think they're cool. It's like first of all, you can't act cool when you got some cone shaped fucking helmet on that's neon pink. And you're wearing green, green looking cleats and you're on a bike. I mean, you're a fucking grown man. Put on some clothes. Thank you for the submission. That's a great one. Uh, this one is from uh, Adam McNally. Adam McNally. And Adam says, these fucking kids without manners went to the movie theater for the first time in a long time to see Jurassic World. I want to see that, actually. Uh, I understood it would be a mixed crowd. Grabbed a decent seat with my girl right before the previews. And in front of us, there's about five... 16 to 17-year-olds that were raised in a cage. Kid right in front of me has his feet up on the seat in front of him barefoot. Ugh. This isn't your fucking living room, kid. Put your fucking feet down. To add to the barbaric behavior during the movie, they were talking nonstop. Cherry on top, one kept clapping for every scene that had a, oh my God, that had a reaction. For example, if a dinosaur jumped out of nowhere, or if there was a sarcastic line, kid would clap obnoxiously. Oh my God, these hipster kids think they're too cool for school. Who the fuck raised these animals? Put them all in a cage. Longtime bird listener, started listening to TVE during the Babe Ruth debate. Saw you in Burn, D.C., phenomenal. You need to come down to Maryland. Well, thank you, Adam, uh, for listening. Um, the last two unacceptables, I, I don't know how you guys nailed it, but the cyclists and and the people in the movie theater are two things that I, I really cannot stand um, at all because it's just the most unbelievably intrusive and just inconsiderate and yeah, I, I know. I love how like they're clapping extra loud or clapping obnoxiously like they're too cool and good and smart for what happened. It's like, it's a movie about dinosaurs, dick. You know, can you just, it's a movie about dinosaurs and people trying to fucking you know, get away from them or whatever it is. Can you just sit back and enjoy the entertainment? Can you enjoy the past time, the past two hours going by and you watching dinosaurs run around? Is that is that okay? Or do you have to be some cunty critic about every, you know, little thing? Unless it really sucked, but I'm hearing that it didn't suck, you know? I'm hearing that it didn't suck at all. Like, Mad Max, I didn't like just because the story was... I mean, I, after a while, I'm a grown-up where I don't just need explosions in action. I don't. I, I could actually use a little bit of a story instead of some, you know, some guy going through the desert and coming back with some old chicks. And, you know, I mean, I, I, that for me... But I, even with that, I sat quietly and I watched the movie. And then I walked out and destroyed it afterwards. You know, you don't sit there and just act like a dick. Totally, totally, you know, not thinking or, you know, being inconsiderate to other people that are there. So thank you for the submission. Uh, Here we go. This is from uh, Matthew Wyatt. Matthew says, Hi, Paul. I'm a big fan of the podcast from across the pond over here in London. I usually listen to TVE on my commute to work, so I'm often smiling or laughing out loud on a train like a nut. Well, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. Uh, wow, I got a lot of UK fans out there. I got to come out there and do some some shows out there. Your rant about Mad Max was spot on. My girlfriend saw the film with her housemates and told me it was a waste of time, thankfully giving me the heads up about the film. Anyway, my unacceptable is from when me, my girlfriend, my brother, and his girlfriend all went to the movies to see Jurassic World, which was a great film, uh, and saw this animal 
check the picture. Oh, he sent the picture. Nice. Oh, boy. I can already see it. It's uh, it's a rubbish picture as I took it quickly before the trailers. The guy had his feet up on the chair in front, but not before kicking off his shoes. Completely unacceptable. Lock him up in a Jurassic cage, the animal. Keep up the good work. Would be great if you did a show in London sometime. Yeah, I said that. Best, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Um, let me see. Yes, I see the picture here, and I see some guy completely reclined back with his feet up barefoot, uh, feet on on the thing. I just don't get it. I just don't get what these people are doing. Um, that's so ridiculous. But uh, thank you for the uh, submission, and I'd love to come out to London. And I think that's something that I'm going to be doing soon. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, we got a lot of Jurassic World stuff coming here. This is from Gregory Rasmussen. Rasmussen, hope I got that right. Paul, last night I went to see the new Jurassic World, which itself was corny and unacceptable, but the uh, weak-ass plotline and over-the-top CGI isn't the unacceptable I witnessed yesterday evening. Wow, this is another movie theater one. All right, all right. In a crowded, and I love that most of you guys are are movie fans because I am, so that's awesome. In a crowded, nearly full theater, I counted. By the way, I'm going to get right back to this, but yeah, it broke world records. Like I think it got like 500 million around the world in the United States, like 200 million. Like the movie is actually crushing it. So, um, by the way, let me know. I'm thinking about taking my son to see it. My son is six. I don't know if it's going to freak him out. He like has seen. He watches superhero movies. He saw the Avengers. He saw Ninja Turtles, like the the violent ones or whatever. So, I mean, he's a smart enough kid to to understand that it's like not real. But I just didn't know if it's appropriate. So if you guys could let me know, let me know. Okay, in a crowded, nearly full theater, I counted three sets of parents with children that were way too small. Two-year, wow, there you go, right there. Two-year-olds or younger, wow. To be at a movie where giant, scary dinosaurs are loudly ripping people to shreds, but who am I to judge a parent because I don't have kids myself? Needless to say, throughout the entire movie, there was some form of a small child crying or making noise which wouldn't necessarily bother me, but these asshole parents won't take their fucking crying child out of the theater to console them. Uh, I get you paid 10 bucks for the movie, but um, there is a theater filled with people trying to enjoy a movie. Be a fucking adult and take your kid out of the theater so that every other goddamn person can listen to the stupid, lame one-liners Chris Pratt was delivering for two hours. <laughs> there aren't enough cages out there for these cunty asshole parents and the future dope <laughs> children they are raising. Thanks, Greg. Love it, Greg. Um, yeah, I mean, I would take my six-year-old, like, I took my six-year-old son to see, um, uh, the Ninja Turtle movie. I've taken him to see some movies. He's quiet, and if he has anything to ever say, he would literally whisper so softly to me I could barely hear him because he was he's considerate because I'm raising a fucking gentleman. That's why. And if he was screaming, crying, I would obviously walk out of the movie two years old. Two years old for any movie. Like, a two-year-old for any movie. Even a kid. Two-year-old's not going to get a Disney movie. It's like, what the fuck are they doing there? It doesn't make any sense. Um... So thank you for the submission. Here we go. This one is from Jeff uh, Lacourt or Lacorty. Paul, just listened to TVE 212 at work and had to stop to write you. I saw Jurassic World with Chris. Wow. This is a Jurassic. 
This is a Jurassic World unacceptable uh, day here. Just saw Jurassic World Chris Pratt. Looking forward to an action-packed movie. Although there were some great action scenes, the unrealistic parts completely uh, degraded the movie. Ultimately leading up to a boring, sappy love story ending. Made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> the movie had such great potential, but ended up being something I could have written over the weekend. Movie writers in 2015 stepped the fuck up. Fucking unacceptable. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, this is... this is. I didn't expect to see, have all this Jurassic World talk, but I'm appreciating it. And I guess people... Are animals in theaters no matter what country you're in. Um, all right, here we go. This is from this is from Chris B. Hey Paul, just want to say first, uh, just want to say I love the podcast and I'm gonna try to see you in Toronto when you go there in September. But hopefully it doesn't conflict with my brother's wedding. Um, and now that'll be great. Uh, and now to get to my unacceptable. A few podcasts ago, you were talking about how you make the best damn burgers ever and that all the burger people have eaten are shit, tasteless, and not worth putting in our mouths. I don't know if I said that. I'm just saying, like, you haven't had the burger the way this is, but whatever. Maybe I did say that. I had to stop and think, and I thought, nah, I've had some tasty-ass burgers this guy's just talking shit like most men do when talking about how good of a barbecue, you know, they are. A barbecuer they are. Because I fucking love a good burger and that's usually my go-to in a restaurant. But hearing how you went on and on about your burgers, uh, they all taste like uh, ground up. Wait a minute. Hearing how you went on and on about your burgers, they all taste like ground up dog burgers to me now. Okay, please just tell us what you do to make them taste so good, please. I'm dying to know. Again, love the show. And as Bill Burr would sign off, go fuck yourself. Chris Brown from Montreal. P.S. Please, no corny jokes about my name. You're better than that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to go there. I mean, I just saw from Montreal and I was like, I'm going to leave it alone. Like, I am better than that. And I think a bad comedian would actually sit down and be like, um, well, I can't tell you the secret. Now go beat your girlfriend. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Um, listen, dude, I, here's what I'm going to do. I can't give the secret out because it's like, if I give the secret out to all these people, now you're going to have people all over the United States that listen to my podcast. And we obviously know the podcast goes across the pond. And now everybody from the UK. And it could say, well, yes, well, thank you because you did the thing. Here's what I will do. I will find a way for you to... I will, I will, since you're such a burger nut, just give me a chance. We'll figure something out. How about that? We'll, we'll, how about that? All right. This one is from Dodger Blue. In the landscape of our current cultural decline, this sounds, I'm not going to lie, Dodger Blue, this sounds like you're going deep, but it's really short, so here you go. In the landscape of our current cultural decline, sounds like you had a fucking president's writer write this for you. 
with childish behaviors run amok in every country, in every city. We have a new cultural phenomenon that is uh, the ultimate and cringeworthy douche-chill-inducing unacceptableism. Women now have their own version of a man cave. It's called a she-shed. <laughs> Absolutely awful and unacceptable, Jonathan. Um, a she-shed might be the worst thing I've heard. Uh, oh, my God. It's, it's so ridiculous that, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be this anti-woman fucking anti-feminine I'm really not trying to be but like it's so funny how it's like well he has a man cave I could have a she shed you should have the fucking she shed should drop on your fucking head for having such a dumb fucking thing oh my god that is unacceptable that's a great one Jonathan thank you for the submission um okay this is holy shit I'm gonna have to read this one last there's one that I have to read last because it's it's from Australia. I don't want to see if I could going to see if I could even get through it because it's it's a long one, but uh, let me I'm going to get back to that one. All right. This one is from Chris Went. <laughs> this is such a funny picture. Uh, Wend? Uh I'm sorry. I hope I said that right, Chris. All right. This is my first unacceptable but won't be my last too many animals out there. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm sitting in the waiting room at a car dealership. Plenty of open available seats. This fat fucking monstrosity of a person, see attached picture, comes and sits right next to me. So I do the casual get up, stretch, go to the bathroom and come back to a different seat. I thought was I thought all was clear, but then this motherfucker starts snoring so loud, not giving a fuck where he is or uh, his surroundings. I just want to take one of these Golf Digest magazines and beat him upside. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. This picture. Uh, <laughs> had a post-filled face. Uh, not enough cages. <laughs> At the zoo for these animals. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Come to the Carolinas at some point, will you? And then he sends a picture. Okay, yes, I see the picture. Oh, my God. It's a big guy sitting in a leather seat. His head is all the way back. His mouth is open. You could tell he's snoring. And then he writes, snoring so loud. Hashtag animal. Hashtag put him in a cage. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, here's the thing, though. How unhealthy and out of shape are you when you go to a car dealership and you're sitting in a chair and you start fucking snoring and you start sleeping like somebody just gave you anesthesia to have a fucking eight-hour open-heart surgery? I mean, that's ridiculous. Thank you. Hilarious. Thank you for the submission. Um, let's see here. This one. All right, this one is from Hassan Odin. Yo, Paul, I've seen the movie twice already. Okay, this is about Mad Max. I've seen the movie twice already. I, uh, I'm i one of these people who like it, but after hearing the podcast, you made a ton of cool points. I think I just enjoyed the intensity of it throughout the movie. The disregard for the Hollywood crap and got straight to the gritty point. 
Uh, yeah, they did just drive. I love, are you trying to change my mind? Yeah, they did just drive from one place to another, then right the hell back to the same place. The woman was more badass. Yes, she was. Um, and they uh, and they did link up with old ladies and supposedly became more badass. The story was weak, same old story. So you changed my point of view with those points, but I still got deep into the intensity. I didn't have uh, I didn't have anyone tell me how awesome it is. I usually stop people from talking to me about movies so I don't go into it with the hype and then get uh, then get let down. If I heard the stuff, uh, if I heard stuff you heard, I probably would have had the same reaction like fuck that explosion and why are these clean bitches so goddamn clean uh ain't no fucking soap in the apocalypse uh and probably would have focused more on the nip slick from these naked chicks than tom hardy not talking and only doing badass stuff uh you can't see good points man i'm still going to watch the hell out of it when they release it on itunes but it was nice to hear another side um to it uh, I could have wrote this shit on my back deck drinking a fucking lemonade, Verzi. All right. Thank you. Uh, and, yeah, man, I'm glad. Listen, I'm not trying to fucking ruin Mad Max for people. I, that wasn't my intention. My intention was to go into Mad Max and come out and say that was a badass movie. It was worth the money. I'm going to go see it again. And I just, you know, that just wasn't the case for me. All right, guys, a couple more, and then I'll do a couple on Twitter, and then we will be done. Okay? So here we go. This is uh, Paul. I live in D.C. today. I'm sorry, I live in D.C. Today, during rush hour, I was on an incredible, overly packed metro train home when I saw this absolute fucking animal riding as well. This woman has probably 250 plus sitting Indian style, was 250 plus sitting Indian style, sideways in the seat so that she was taking up two seats while women and children had to stand. That by itself is a huge public transit no-no, but it gets worse. This fat bitch was wearing a ripped-up hoodie over a sweat-drenched wife-beater tank top, incredibly short workout shorts that exposed her uh, celluloid-ridden, pale, disgusting fucking thunder thighs. She smelled like an absolute trash. Uh, she smelled like absolute trash because I'm assuming she had just come from the gym. Oh, and uh, and to top it off, she was seemingly in ecstasy while wolfing down a goddamn Shake Shack burger, a large order of fries, and a fucking milkshake. She was sitting directly underneath the sign stating that there is no eating or drinking on the train, and she had to be, uh, and she had the bag ripped open. And spread across her fat lap. This fucking manatee <laughs> couldn't wait 10 minutes to get off the train before she ate. She couldn't bring a change of clothes and shower at the gym. She couldn't sit in one seat or better yet stand up and offer the two seats to one of the older ladies uh, standing by. Jesus Christ, Paul. I was fucking fired up. Unacceptable animal. Put her in a cage. Yeah, that's... And again, somebody on the train. Does anybody work on the train? Like, are people just afraid to do their jobs or are people afraid to, like, you know, make people stick by the, the rules and the signs that are out there? I almost feel like they're just there as a, yeah, we got to put them there. And then you just let people act like animals. It's like, no, wrap your food up. You can't fucking eat. You smell like shit. You're taking up a seat. Okay, stand up and let a kid sit down. Somebody needs to open their mouth. That's frustrating. 
Really frustrating. Um, okay, here we go. This is from Phil Oakley. He says, I give Mad Max a B. Mostly because I really liked the first two and tolerated the third, Thunderdome. Laugh out loud. Uh, actually, you should watch the third movie, then watch the new one to enjoy it more. Here's my problem with this flick. Way too much gasoline and bullets. There are the two most rare and valuable items in a post-apocalypse setting. They're blasting through gas like it's 1989 and gas is $1.50 a gallon. Plus, all of the NOS uh, they use in boosting their vehicles. Way too much. There was a point in the movie, Paul, that like all the Fast and the Furious movies, I wish they would just all run out of gas and had to walk home. Uh, as far as Rotten Tomato goes, they should take the employees from that company and beat them down and make a brand new <laughs> shitty catch-up. Jesus, Phil. They all should blow <laughs> their own opinions out their asses. Assholes. I'm pissed because I was looking forward to seeing the movie. Then I read Rotten Tomatoes' review and got really hyped. How is Rotten Tomatoes going to give that movie a better review than Pulp Fiction? I know, Rotten Tomatoes does do that, and it's really, it's weird, man. Like, if Rotten Tomatoes gives movies like 98s and 99s, and then you see like Goodfellas or whatever, a movie like Pulp Fiction, and, and they, 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 they don't give it enough, um, are they fucking stupid or just disconnected from reality? Anyway, I liked the movie more than you, but was not happy with the results. Uh, hey, you, all right, so here we go. Oh, you didn't talk about the chrome spray or whatever that crap was. Silver paint. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. I know. Or whatever that crap was. Silver uh, spray paint that gave you a Mountain Dew jolt or some shit. In the end, I was hoping that was... Uh, I'm sorry. In the end, I was uh, hoping that when they opened up the valves for the waterfall to flow onto the people, I wish they had hit the wrong valve and released the city septic tank, causing a mass riot. And roll to credits. Peace, Paul. Uh, about to listen uh, to your take on Game 3, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Phil Oakley. All right. So I have one more here that you guys are going to have to bear with me on. It is a... Um, What's it called? It is a submission from Australia, from Will. And, uh, you know, sometimes these things, you know, people, they, they write a little differently, but we're going to do it. Um, here we go. Good day, Paul, from Perth, Western uh, Australia. It's 2 a.m. and I can't sleep for the last week thinking about this animal. I keep thinking about what I'd like to do to this guy or his precious boat, but I won't. I got a great wife and two kids, and okay, this is just, okay, I, get, I got it. This is great. All right. Uh, two kids, nice house, and I don't want to lose on account of this fucking asshole. Anyway, we live on a street where we have uh, rear garaging. Basically, all the houses have garages at the back uh, of the houses, and we have the right-of-way lane that services everyone's house. Okay. We are right in the middle. You got it, guys got to be patient with the reading because the way it's laid out here. Okay, so I know if, if I fucking drop down to a fifth-grade level, it's just the way that I'm just trying. It's a lot of words in a small thing. You'd have to see it, but anyway. Okay. 
we are right in the middle, so depending where we come from as to which entrance we take. I'm at home, and my wife has gone to pick up the kids from Nana's uh, and do some shopping. When she returns, she tells me the fuck stick who lives down one end has got his boat uh, boat bang in the middle uh, of the right of way. Oh, boy. She asks him to please uh, let her through. There's room to have it on one side so she can pass, but he just says, no, go around. She was pissed off, and so was I. So I go down there and say, hey, my missus said you told her to go around. This is the right of way. You can't block it. He says, it's no big deal for her to just go around. I say, mate, it's a right of way. She doesn't have to go around. You need to keep it clear. He pretty much just keeps washing his boat down, laughs, and says, it's no big deal. Just go around. This sounds like a movie where it's about, like, a crime scene's about to happen. Like, you know, he's like the bully dickhead guy, and he's just washing his thing, and you're just like, you know, and you're like, okay, no problem. Um, All right, so just go. I said, have some fucking courtesy and at least move it to one side. He says, whatever, dude. Oh, boy. I was fuming, but left it at that. That night around 6 p.m., four hours later, we leave to go to dinner. Unbelievably, he is still there blocking the lane and rinsing his fucking cunt boat. I give him a soft double toot from the horn so he knows we're waiting. He waves us off and says, go around. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. This guy needs to get beaten. This would mean reversing 200 or more uh, meters. I beat my horn again, and he finally gets off the boat and starts to walk up to the car. He's got a friendly smile, and for some reason I'm expecting a sorry. I'm just finishing. I'll move it now. Instead, oh my God, dude. Instead, he realizes it's, it's me and says, oh, it's you again. I told you earlier, just go around. He walks back to the boat and says, back up. I'm so stupid, I think he... I'm so stupid, I think he meant so he had room to bring it forward. Oh, okay. Like you thought he was just saying, yeah, move it, and, and, and then, you know, he'll, he'll help out, I guess, do what, do, you, do what you want him to do uh, to the side and let us through. So I move back a bit and wait. He hops back on the boat and just starts rinsing his hose, uh, just starts rinsing with his hose again. I can't fucking believe it. I get out and walk down and say, hey. Are you moving this shit out of the fucking way or what? He says laughing. He says laughing like he he's in such shock that I could be so unreasonable. Go around. Just go around, dickhead. Oh, my God. I yell at him. This is the right of way. You can't block it for hours uh, just so you rinse. Uh, just so you just to rinse your uh, consolation for having no dick. Ooh. Wow, so you, you yell at him and you say, this is the right of way, you can't block this for hours just to rinse your consolation for having no dick. He yells back, just fucking go around, it's not that hard. Now a few neighbors come out hearing all the noise and I think nothing good can come of this, so I get in the car and reverse it. Who the fuck does this? Uh, ass clown, is that what, arse clown? 
think oh yeah, who the fuck does ask Hunter Gears? Uh put him in a cage, get to the <laughs> get the vet to inject him. Wizards of Hillary's. Uh thank you, Will. Um you know, in a situation like that, I guess you did the right thing. It's enraging to hear something like that. To be honest with you, because that guy is just being an inconsiderate asshole and you got a wife and kids and what are you going to do? What are you honestly going to do? Are you going to get out and just start hitting him with a bat? Which he needs. You know, he definitely needs that. Somebody to kick the shit out of him. But look, you know, it's it's just, I don't know. You got kids, you got too much to lose. Because of this guy, just hopefully, you know, you just don't deal with him anymore and just, you know, whatever. And then if it happens, you just got to, you know. I mean, what can you do in that situation? Could you go over there and be like, hey, dude, listen, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, are you just being a dick? Like, it, it, you know, it's not a matter of just going around. It's the rules. And now you're just being a dickhead. You're, you're, you're doing this shit on purpose to me. Thank you for the submission. And thank you for listening from, uh, from that far away, man, across the world, listening to the Verzi effect. It means a lot. All right, uh, I got this one here from Facebook. I'm trying to get, you know, catch up with everybody. How are we doing on time here? Let's see. We got, uh, wow, we're 52 minutes in. There's been a lot of unacceptables here, guys. All right. Um, and listen, the unacceptables is the, the, a lot of people are asking me what the, um, a lot of people are asking me what the, what the email is. So um, I'm not going to be, guys, I'm not going to be spending as much time as I spent on this, this one this week. I'm not going to be spending this much time on these. It's just I was backed up and I want to get everybody's in there. But um, the, the, the email is unacceptables4tve at gmail. Okay, that's the email. Just, I know it, it's, it's obviously going to be longer than Twitter. That's why I set it up. But just try to keep it down to like a paragraph. Try to keep it down, you know. I mean, unless it's some outrageous thing that everybody's got to hear, but like, if not, just kind of just keep them down because I do want to get to them. I want I want you guys to be a part of the show and everything. I just can't, you know, read the the, the really long ones. Uh, this is from Christopher Hyde. Unacceptable. Uh, he, he couldn't remember the uh, the email. So anyway, he says uh, these fucking cook bags. Uh, I'm sorry, these fucking cook bags. I was like, that's not an insult. These fucking cock bags who think. Um, cause they dress like Lance Armstrong. Oh my God, this is another one. Means they could ride along two lanes of the highway where cars are. See, we're coming back. Ten, we're coming back here, right in full circle, where cars are uh, doing sixty miles an hour. Get the fuck out of the way, then get all bent when you don't share the road. It's like these motherfuckers. I'm heading to work on a highway. Okay, <laughs> I'm headed to work on a highway. Not out here pedaling around my fucking bicycle. Uh, you're not actually sponsored. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Cyclists are pissing people off everywhere. I think there needs to be a new law. I think you should just be able to... Uh, my wife came up with this great idea. She goes, I think everybody should be able to... Like when a cyclists are doing the wrong thing, you should be able to shoot them with a paintball gun. Which would be fu- amazing if that was the case. It would be amazing. All right, real quick, I'm going to do a few Twitter ones and we're done. Just a few here. Sam, and this is a Samuel Maturo, M-A-T-U-R-O. Here in Philly, this animal driving his goddamn foot out of the window, put him in a cage, and you just see this guy in an old Cadillac with a fucking barefoot. Hashtag animal. Um, people who, this is from Ronnie, Ronnie P-M-F. 
People who walk in New York City with their head down, looking into their phone the whole time, hope they walk in, into a cage. Unacceptable. Uh, this is from Colin at Cone uh, IL9988. When you're in an NBA game and somebody spills your $10 beer while uh, diving for a $3 t-shirt shot out of a cannon, unacceptable. You know what, Colin's amazing about that? My wife was five months pregnant with my son, and I was at a Knicks uh, Suns game, and this fucking Suns fan, this t-shirt hits me in the hand, he leans over and bumps my fucking wife, and dude, I'll never forget, I almost started a fight, it was, I think it was like the day that Obama got like elected or inaugurated, and this guy behind was like, whoa, 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 relax, Obama's in office, like the guy was joking and being sarcastic, I wanted to fucking kill this motherfucker. I wanted to kill him. I was, and then like we just kind of looked at each other, and his friend apologized. I wanted to fucking kill him over a stupid, over a stupid, just oh my god, ridiculous, ridiculous thing, like a T-shirt that you could buy. All right, this one is from Bruce Lee, and his uh, Twitter feed is at Schlunk S H L U N K, and he sent me a video of a guy getting on a knee proposing, and the girl saying the ring is too small. Um, all right, this one is from Matt Lockyer at Matt D L O C K Y E R grown woman in heels traveling with stuffed animals, giant stuffed bear and tote bag grow up. That's grow up is hilarious. Just saying grow up. And, uh, let's see here. I think, I think that's going to do it guys. Yes. Okay, this is from Spectra at El Presidente RMT. Some jackass on my TL uh, are at a funeral taking selfies. This generation isn't meant to live. Animals, locker room. Taking selfies at a fucking funeral. It's ridiculous. Um, All right, guys. Thank you for the unacceptables. Uh, Send them to unacceptablesfortve at Gmail. And uh, kind of keep them short, and obviously send me some on Twitter on um, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, and I could get to them on Wednesday. But I'm not going to take this much time. I'm all caught up with them, and um, they were great. The Jurassic World ones, obviously the Barefoot ones, all of them were great. So thank you very much, and let's get back into the show now. Um, but don't you think, like, things are changing? You know what I mean? Things are changing. My fucking cat. Here we go. Here we go. The cats, I'm, I'm trying to, got another, got some time left on the podcast, the cats are banging on the door. Um, no, things are changing, man. It's like, it is, it is, like, I know it sounds like the, like an older man, corny cliche thing, but like, things are changing in the country. It's, it's amazing how like, it's just, it's just not the same. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing always, but you're just like, what? Like, this is crazy. Like, I'll give you an example. This dude I know. I was on the set yesterday doing something for AOL Originals, and we were shooting something. By the way, thanks for the positive feedback and all the hits you guys gave the Housewives. Uh, the, I don't know if you guys saw. We did a spoof. We did a digital short on the Housewives thing, and a lot of people, a lot of you know actors and and well-known people, everybody loved it and said it was a great thing. So, um, you know, now that the finals are over, you know, if you want to take a look at it, but uh, we did something, and we were shooting something else yesterday, and. Um, Big black dude from Brooklyn. It was so fucking funny because this big black dude from Brooklyn, he's one of the, you know, he's on the set and he works with the staff and we're just talking about music. And in a Brooklyn accent, 
this dude like 6'4", 275. We're just talking about music and we're talking about like, you know, radio stations. And he just goes, man, I'll tell you what, man. I like Tears for Fears. He goes, they got that shit. And it goes, da na 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 And I just fucking, I, I just, we just broke out laughing. Because when are you going to see a six foot four or whatever black dude, 275 pounds from Brooklyn, be like, yo, I like tears for fears. It was so funny. And it just let me know, wow, man, 2015 is a new time. You know, you got Olympian champions turning into women, dudes from Brooklyn, just busting up. Y'all like tears for fears. It's just, it's, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Speaking of, um, you know, times and and all kinds of stuff like that and politics and everything, um, there's a couple of presidential candidates now that that made their announcement, you know, Hillary for the Democrats and, um, you know, Jeb Bush. I mean, dude, I'm not trying to be a dick. And I think it's rough if Jeb Bush is going to have a rough go just because of his last name and his brother, because you could tell he's separating. And that's fucking sad, too. Like he's separating himself from his brother because he's not putting Bush on the thing. He's putting Jeb, you know, Jeb with an exclamation point, Jeb. Not Bush. That's how you know politics where you can't even... Your fucking brother that you grew up with, you probably shared a room with or you fucking wrestled with in the living room and opened gifts with on Christmas morning. Your brother, your blood, you're like, yeah, fuck it. If I'm going to be president, I got to distance myself from this fucking guy. That's how bad it is. Um, But just the name Jeb is fucked up. Like He could be great. Like What if he was great and just going to change the world? His name is Jeb. Then you got Trump. And Trump's speech was hilarious. Trump's was, you know, Trump was like, nobody will hurt ISIS like me. Angelo Lozada, funny uh, comedian friend of mine, he said he did, he went like WWE on it, and he did. He's like, nobody will be harder on ISIS. The American dream is dead, and I will bring it back. He was just like, just going in. He was just like, he was just talking. It was actually refreshing because you never hear it, but then you're like, there's no way this guy's going to get, you know, there's no way this guy's going to run or there's no way this guy's going to win. And then he said he's going to put Oprah as his vice president. Trump and Oprah running shit. Could you imagine that? I couldn't imagine Oprah just taking that deal. Could you imagine the fights Oprah and Trump would have? I don't know. Maybe they're friends. But that would be insane. Could you imagine Donald Trump? If Donald Trump is president, I think World War III might start. Just because something's going to happen and he's just going to fucking be in a bad mood. You know, he's going to get fired up and be in a bad mood and just be like, fuck it. Just drop a bomb over there on Afghanistan or whatever it is. And then it's just going to be an all-out fucking shit show. Y'all like tears for fears. Da na 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 Dude, speaking of that, my iPod has some fucking crazy shit in it. Like, I listen to everything from like, I mean, if you look at somebody's, I mean, if you look at somebody's um, music, like, you couldn't tell anything about me if you listen to my music because you'd be like, I just don't get it. Like, this guy's got like Eminem, Phil Collins, Stevie Wonder, 
You know, I got the, I like the Killers, the Smashing Pumpkins, Biggie, Jay Z. Like I I like everything. I like anything good. Um, I'm sorry, you guys got to bear with me here. I gotta let the fucking cats in, and I don't feel like pausing this shit. So I'm just gonna let the cats outside because they're driving me nuts. All right, I'm coming. All right, I'm sorry about that. My cats, you know. What else was I? What else was I gonna talk about? What else is on the docket today, everybody? I like tears for fears. Um, gotta talk NBA Finals. I played golf the other day, and I gotta tell you something. I was pretty impressed with how I played. I haven't played in a long time. I played with my stepfather, and we got paired up, or we got added on some guy, Don. Nice guy. Older guy in his 60s. Looked great. Great shape. Guy beat two different cancers. He's playing with us. He's talking to us. He's the one who told us about the Strawberry Festival, and I had nothing to do Sunday, and I looked like a hero because of this guy because I said to my wife, and you know women love shit like that. I go, hey, there's a Strawberry Festival we could go to, and my wife lit up. She loved it. She didn't expect it from me, so thank you, Don. But I played golf, and uh, I got to tell you, I played good. I played good. Less is more. You know, half and three-quarter swings when you first get back into it so you don't go all over the place. That's my tip. Okay, if you play golf and then all of a sudden you can't play that much, you know, you can't go out like an asshole and just try to destroy the ball and bring the club all the way back and swing like you're a pro because you're not. So what you do is half swings or like three-quarter swings, take your time and, and just be in play, and it starts coming back to you. You know, uh, that's what I did, and it was really cool. Oh, I said I was going to shout out my uh, old buddy of mine. I ran into my old buddy of mine, Tom Kennedy. So I don't know if you're listening to this, Tommy, but I said I would shout you out. Um, yeah, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with and, uh, you know, partied up had good times uh a year older than me in high school but we uh i was playing golf and i noticed this guy and i went up to him and it was pretty cool when you don't see somebody after fucking 15 years and you see them and uh you know the guy's got a family doing well so it was uh it was pretty cool played good golf and uh went to a strawberry festival the next day or whatever it is a couple days later um NBA Finals, got to talk about it. Uh, a lot of discussion, a lot of arguing I've been doing with a lot of people and a lot of friends. By the way, this podcast is going long, okay, just because it deserves to, because it's the shit, and I'm giving you guys bonus time today. And all you people saying that you don't know why it takes so long to download, I don't know why either, guys. I'm going to try to figure it out. I don't fucking know. You know, you guys get at me like I'm a fucking Asian dude who's an IT guy for years and I know how to, I don't fucking know how to compress things. I don't know anything like that. All I know is how to talk into a fucking microphone, you know, create some funny stuff, hopefully, and and upload it. That's all I've learned. So you people are like, yeah, so-and-so podcast is only like so-and-so gigs. Yours is this and that. I mean, that's a big file. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Help me. Why don't you send me somebody or somebody tell me how to do it better? I, I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? People are like, can you break it down? No, I can't. I can't break it down. I don't know how to break it down. I don't. What, what, what I'm doing right now is what I know, just so you people understand. Okay? I'm not a techie fucking IT guy. I don't get it. All right? I don't. I, I, if I did, it, this would be much quicker and easier and all that. 
But I'll tell you what I will do, cocksuckers. I'll give you the goods for over an hour. All right. So, the NBA Finals, I was wrong. It was in six. I had the wrong team. I thought it was going to be the Cavs. But, listen, I did not know Kyrie Irving, who was one of my favorite players and an amazing athlete. I did not know Kyrie Irving was not going to be playing. Um, You know, so... I mean, what can you do? This guy was playing with, you know, a second-string team. This guy was playing with a short, white Australian guy, which should tell you all you need to know about, you know, basketball. A short, white Australian guy playing point guard. I mean, that's who this guy was playing with, okay? Then he's playing with Shumpert, who did shit. He's playing with J.R. Smith, who will hit three threes in a minute, you know, at, at at the worst possible time either when they're already losing or at the beginning of the game when it doesn't matter. But in order to keep them close in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left, the guy disappears. Then all of a sudden he's triple teamed and he's hitting half-court shots to, to fucking make it a five-point game with eight seconds left. You know, he's, you know, he, Tristan Thompson, amazing. Amazing rebounder. The guy's great. The guy's great. Tristan Thompson's a guy, a, a champ, you can win a championship with. That his, re, his offensive rebounding is championship caliber. And Mozgov, you know, Mozgov, when he plays a lot of minutes, he's he's really good too. Other than that, they were playing with six guys, seven if you count Mike Miller. They didn't even play Mike Miller that much. And you're going against a completely loaded 12-man roster, Golden State Warriors. It was just a, a too much of an uphill battle. But anybody saying that LeBron James always has an excuse and he went to... I got to completely 100% disagree with anybody right now who says to me, well, LeBron James is two and four or whatever he is, two and five in finals or two and four in finals. I don't know. He went to five finals in a row and he won two of them. So I guess he's two and five in the finals or whatever. So he lost he lost three. First of all, you can't count the first one he went to when he was like twenty four years old or whatever, and he was playing the Spurs with a young fucking team. Nobody's on the team playing the Spurs when the Spurs, you know, were in their prime. I mean, come on, they're gonna. Of course, they're gonna lose and get swept by that. The fact that he went there is amazing. So I don't, I don't hurt him on that one. But I don't hurt him on this one the most. And some people are. Oh, LeBron. Well, you know what? The guy gets to the finals five times in a row. How many did he lose? Give me a fucking brick. We have never seen. You guys have to understand something. And Jalen Rose said it in the in the in the post game thing, and I agree one hundred percent. We have never people who only watch basketball. Okay, if you watch the game of basketball and you understand the game of basketball, those are the people that understand what LeBron James did. If you don't, you just see, oh, they lost, and what did he do? He did. Here's what he did. He fucking had multiple triple doubles in a finals. He had how many games with forty points? And, 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 and how many games was he one or two assists shy of another triple-double? This guy was like 44, 41, 40, 45. I mean, this guy had four games. This guy had four games with over 40 points. What about the game he put up 41, 15, and 11? That's fucking unheard of from a guy that size. This guy is the size of Carl Malone. He can score like Michael. He can pass like Magic Johnson. I mean, we've never seen it. This guy just doesn't have help. And when he does have help, he wins. That's really what it comes down to. So anybody faulting him here, playing with a second string, fucking white fucking midget from Australia, playing, I mean, it's a fucking joke with this guy. It's an actual joke what this guy had to work with and play with. It's a miracle they got to game six. 
Okay, that could have been a sweep after the injury or five, and his 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 unbelievable performance took it to to six, and he won the first game and a final uh, on Cleveland's floor, and I think I'm gonna say now I think again this always is barring any injury, but I think they are gonna win 65 games next year, and I think they are gonna plow through the playoffs and win it all. I really do. I think a full, healthy Cavs team with a squad of 12. I mean, look how far they came, like, with half a roster playing with guys who were on the B team, the B squad. He's running the game with the B squad team, and he got that far. So I'm not a LeBron guy either. I've killed him. You guys can go back to old podcasts. I've killed LeBron. And I do agree, LeBron is not cold-blooded, and he does not have the ice in his veins the way Jordan or Kobe does. I, I, I really believe that. But as far as skill and ability, we've never seen anything like it. Never seen. I think he. I think he makes bad decisions. I think he's so good that he thinks he can do things he can't do. Like that last second shot in regulation in Game One when he was double teamed in the corner, he should have taken that to the hole. Like that, the one where Shumpert flicked it up and they could have been up. You know, they would have won the game. I mean, that that's just a bad shot. It's a bad decision, and I don't think Michael or Kobe makes that decision. But and I don't think he's got that like unbelievable step on your throat mentality. But as far as what he had to work with, I mean, I saw a different focus guy in this in this playoffs in this series, and I uh, the numbers he put up were ridiculous. So my hats off to the guy. I will never give him any shit for losing these finals. At all. Um, last night, me and Giannis Papas, we went to a Yankee game after we were filming some stuff, and. We don't realize, and I know I'm not really superstitious, but with baseball, it's like, oh man, you get a little crazy with baseball because it's so long and it takes a while. And I look up and I see something and I notice something and I go, oh my God. And I look over and the crowd starts getting a little weird and the crowd's acting a little funny. And I'm like, why is the crowd? The crowd was just doing something. And we were sitting up, you know, in the corner of home plate, you know, it was great seats and we we're just enjoying this game. And I look up and I'm just like, what is, what, why is people, what's going on? And then I noticed what was going on. And I look at Giannis and I say to Giannis, I go, dude, you know what's going on right now, don't you? And he goes, no, what's going on? And I was like, I don't want to say anything. And he's like, what the hell, dude, you're freaking me out. What's going on? And I go, dude, you don't realize what's happening here, do you? And, um... And he goes, no, dude, you're freaking me out. Tell me. So I go, this guy's got a perfect game going right now. And I didn't want to say anything because you never want to jinx it. I go, this guy's got a perfect game through six innings. And I just look up and I realize, I'm like, holy shit. No runs, no hits, no errors. Um, This guy's, and, and, and it was weird. It just was like a night where a guy just had his, Panera, he, uh, Pineda, he had his stuff. So Giannis starts texting somebody. And I go, don't text. Don't text. And he's like, ah, I'm just going to text. So he texts, I get up to get a water or something. I look on the screen and the guy gives up a fucking home run in the seventh. And then I came back and Giannis goes, you think it was my fault? And I'm like, I don't know, it might have been. <laughs> but it was, watching a guy with stuff like that, even through six innings is crazy. I mean, I know he's still got to get, I know the guy's still nine outs away, but, you know, even a, a no-hitter would have been exciting. And we just talked about it, but uh, going to the Yankee game is nice, it's fun, just relaxing, sit there. Um, and, and now, I mean, baseball's going to have to come into play a little more because until football, you got nothing else, no basketball, no hockey. 
Um, I did see the end of the the Blackhawks, you know, winning the Stanley Cup, but that was only like a half of a period, just because you know nothing else was on. Um, it's hard. It's hard when when a team like I don't really like hockey that much, but if it was a New York team, I'd be into it. But I can't, you know, I can't. I'll tell you what I do like though. I like tears for fears. All right. Now we can go to. <laughs> Movies, and I did not see any movies, but I got some recommendations from some fans, which I thank you, and I really appreciate very much. I think I'm going to see Jurassic World with my son. I think it'll just be a cool thing to do. I'm just going to tell him, look, it's fake. All the stuff are fake. The people are, you know, I just don't want, like, I just don't know if, like, are people, like, if guts and people are going to be getting cut in half, I, I, you know, I don't think my six-year-old should have that in his brain. But if it's just people running around screaming and, the, you know, stuff like that, I think I'm, I want to go and see it. As far as things to plug everybody, I will be performing on, I think, Friday. I could tell you right now because it's 2015 and I have a lot of gadgets. Come on, you fuck. All right. So I will be performing with my good friend, co-headlining with my good friend Joe Bartnick. The All-In Tour will be hitting Pittsburgh, everybody, on... Oh, wait a minute. I'm in July. It's June. Friday, June 26th at the Rex Theater. Did I have that right? Yes, Friday, June 26th at the Rex Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania... The hometown of Joe Bartnick. I will be there with him performing for the festival. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the town. Blue-collar people are great. Pittsburgh's great sports town. It's just, I'm looking forward to it. So, if you're in that area or close to that area, come out to Pittsburgh that night. It's going to be a great night of stand-up. And I will be with my friend Joe Bartnick. We're going to have a really good time out there. Uh, I heard great things about the venue. And, um, you know, it's one of the places that we have not gone to as a, it's one of the places we haven't gone to as, you know, as a tour, you know, we did the West Coast, the East Coast, and, you know, we did where I'm from, and we were out West where he lives, but, you know, he's from Pittsburgh, Joe, and and we haven't done it, so it's going to be a lot of fun, I'm looking forward to it, come out to that one. Um, and again, also guys, uh, please, please check out the sponsors of the Verzi Effect podcast, gonzofame.com, all these great interviews with comedians, just go to gonzofame.com and uh, check out the site, you're going to see a lot of cool stuff, and he's got some more um, interviews coming up, also go to Brookings Mediation and John Burton, the 27-year vet of mediation, helping people with faster, cheaper debt settlements, bankruptcies, divorces, uh, not a lawyer, no legal advice, just settling stuff and making it much easier and cheaper. Call him, toll free, 877-415-7770. And uh, talk to John Burton for a free consultation anywhere you are. You know you know some of you people are getting fucking divorced, so call this guy. I'm telling you, you get a 30% discount from the Verzi Effect. So check those guys out. They're sponsors of your favorite podcast, everybody. Support them. Okay, because it's not easy. <laughs> Imagine I just fucking broke down and like you guys were waiting for the joke to stop. And I just fucking had a full-fledged meltdown and I just started hysterical crying. Um, 
they probably lose half of you. Go, all the guys in Europe, fucking kids are pussy. I'm not. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'd lose you people from over the pond. Across the pond, whatever the fuck it is. All right, guys. I'm getting a little loopy now. We've been here almost an hour and 20 minutes. You guys have been listening to the Verzi Effect. This is episode 213. Guess what, everybody? All you people out there that was wanting my album to come out, it is in the process of being edited and put together. And uh, it will be available late July on iTunes and Amazon and all that. We're putting it together. I'm excited about it. Uh, getting a lot of progress done in the next couple of days with it. And... Uh, then just make sure you go and you buy some of those tracks, some of those bits. Um, and something else is in the works that I can't really talk about right now, but uh, it's it's good stuff. So thank you so much for listening. You guys are the shit. Again, go to Unacceptables for TVE. Again, Unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. And send me your unacceptables. Please do not send me a fucking essay. I will not be able to read it. It was a longer version today because I had so many on there. And I just, I can't say no to people who fucking write for me from that far away. You know, what am I going to do? I got a listener in fucking Croatia or Australia and I'm not going to read it. I got to read it. London. Um, so just keep it to like a paragraph Again, unless it's something so outrageous and you got to break down the whole story, you know. But other than that, keep it reasonable so we could keep the show flowing. And Or otherwise, I'm just going to have to do longer shows. <laughs> all right, everybody. Check me out, paulverzi.com. All of my dates are coming up on paulverzi.com. Okay, I am going to be at New York Comedy Club at the end of this month. The Stand... Uh, the end of this month, I will be in Pittsburgh the end of this month, and then all of a sudden we're going to start getting the, the dates further out dates. I got some dates coming up um, in, in September. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to be headlining in November uh, at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. I believe that's November, and I think I have some stuff lined up in September too. So I will, uh, all you guys, all those dates will be available on paulverzi.com, and follow me at Twitter. Uh, or on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go to gonzofame.com. Go to brookingsmediation.com. Go to paulverzi.com. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Check it all out. Um, until next week, until 214, I am out of here. And the last thing I want to say, if there's anything you guys want me to talk about on the show, you know, I like tears for fears. You know, da na 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 na. My cat is like, what the fuck? Uh, I'll talk about it. I will talk about anything. You know what else I'll talk about? Tears for fears. Da na 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 play a drinking game. Here's what I want you to do. Every time, if you listen to this podcast, go back, listen to the podcast, okay? 
All you drunk Australians out there. All you drunk fuckers from London. You motherfuckers named Nigel. I love how different places have different names. It's hilarious. Like Nigel. Uh, (laughs) You know? Fucking New York is like fucking Joey. Australia's Nigel. You know? (laughs) Southern California's cunt. No, I'm just kidding. But every time I said tears for fears on this podcast, you should do a shot. And every time you hear da na 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 every time I do that, you should sip your beer. So if you're at a barbecue or a party or something, and you just have the radio on, and you guys want to do something, just have the Verzi effect in the background. And every time you hear tears for fears or na na na, you got to do a shot and drink a beer. That'll be funny. So then this way you get listening pleasure the first time and then the second time you get drunk. That's what I do. And then you're probably going to fucking get into a fight with somebody because you're so hammered and drunk because they're going to say, turn that stupid guy off who keeps going, da na 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 <laughs> right? And then you're going to say, fuck you, that's my favorite podcast. And you're going to hit him in that head and then you're going to have to call John Burton over at Brookings Mediation. But you'll get a discount from the show. So there you go. That's it, everybody. This has been Verzi Effect 213. Da na 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 na